0: Welcome to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore living the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life. With me, Carrie Knutsen, and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are your thoughts keeping you small? Are you ready to get big? I will offer you ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. Explore what is keeping you small and how to shift your behaviors in order to get big Learn what is possible for you. Get ready to get big and live life out loud starting now. Hi everybody, welcome to Get Big Out Loud. I'm Carrie Knutson, and I have Dr. Pat with me today. And today's show is all about navigating anxiety something that I thought we could all spend a little time talking about today. Um, and Dr. Pat and I have some ideas to share and some stories and as usual, a great show ahead for you all about anxiety and how we can navigate it, especially in today's times, but also just in our regular lives without anything extraordinary going on. A lot of us deal with anxiety. So I think it's important to be able to talk about this topic in a way that's meaningful and useful for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, doesn't it, it anxiety is one of these things that you can really pinpoint to a thing. Now, there are some people that have right, you know, this global factor, but it's so great to see you push through whatever anxiety you may have and open the show, everybody. You know, <laughs> right here. This is get big out loud. That's great opening, Carrie. I love the way you bring that on. But here's the question. We're now seeing the numbers. We're seeing the anxiety in schools. We're seeing anxiety levels from uncertainty. We're seeing what happens when people think, oh, COVID's over. We should be back to normal. But I can't seem to do dot, dot, dot. I have a best friend who just cannot stand to get a needle, like an injection from a doctor. But what is your view of anxiety? And and what what have you learned from it, especially in the emotional intelligence world and especially, you know, in your career path and what you've seen.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the reason I picked anxiety this month is because I'm feeling a lot of it, like globally, personally, lots of changes and shifts in my own life, lots of changes and shifts in the world. But also in my experience as a professional, as a therapist, I see a lot of anxiety in people's like the day to day anxieties that we have. And I feel like anxiety can come from a lot of different places. And And many times what we have to think about is, am I feeling the day-to-day anxiety of being human and the things I have to deal with? Or is it an extreme level where it's affecting my ability to function, to do the things I need to do? And when do I need to get help for my anxiety? Because one of the things I think is people kind of discount the fact that, oh, I'm anxious, so is everyone else. But I do think there's a level when you have a hard time functioning in your life and you can't seem to manage it, that help is available and that you should definitely seek counseling um, for that because there's a lot of treatment options and we don't have to live with it. And that's another reason why I wanted to talk about this, because I feel like living with overwhelming, constant, insufferable anxiety is something we should not make normal in a society that says, go faster, be more, do more, be anxious and stressed like the rest of us. That's not our optimum human functioning. Anxiety, what I want to talk about today is there's some perks of anxiety, and then there's like, when you cross the line to like managing it, and then when you've crossed another line into saying like, it's managing me right so that's what I I want to differentiate between and in my own life as a just a human being like experiencing anxiety on one level and then helping people with their anxiety and then seeing the global effects of anxiety are something I think we should just touch on a bit to like normalize the fact that we are dealing with a lot right now and and that on top of global issues personal issues can really exacerbate that anxiety And the final thing I'll say is, as we set up for today, is a lot of times we tend to judge, like, why does this make me anxious over that? And, like, so I want to talk to you about the judgment around anxiety and, like, um, how we can stop judging and start being a little more curious because anxiety isn't a one-size-fits-all. We don't experience it in the same way, but yet it is a very human response, (laughs) and it's it's not always bad even though it has a very negative stigma so those are all the things that's my platter of things I'd like to talk about today but
1: it's a great platter it's really the buffet because when we talk about anxiety Carrie right we're not talking about we're talking about something that has many many layers to it aren't we Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right and it could affect various places in our lives you know we throw the word anxiety around, but anxiety can be pinpointed to to a thing and not just one thing. There may be multiple things. They may be tied together, right? There may be some things that turn anxiety into worry, right? All of this. But what are some of the areas that, you know, what are people thinking about? What are some of the triggers?
0: So when I think about anxiety, some of the triggers are, it usually can be about something you're anticipating that you don't have control over the outcome, So something that you have to do, like maybe give a speech or a toast, like, and you're anticipating the thing and you're either uncomfortable with it because you haven't done it a lot, or you can't be sure of the outcome. You don't feel good about it. So it's that feeling of like dread, overwhelm, just feeling like, oh, like I'm not comfortable. So it might be something you have to do, or maybe an experience you're going to have. Like a lot of times when people travel someplace new and they don't know, you know where are we, how are we going to get from the airport to the hotel or how is this going to look like some anxiety around new things different things things we're not in control of usually anxiety is connected to things where the outcome is uncertain whether it is a thing we have to do or something we're going to experience that's what i tend to find is that it's tied to that so sometimes when you can tell yourself too we we all have anxiety as a, like a human response to things like most people can can relate to this idea of like having been in school, and you have a big test coming up. And you you feel like the, the feeling of like, oh, can I do it? Is it going to be hard? What's going to happen? Will I pass? Will I fail? Um, am I prepared? And usually, though, what, what anxiety does in those moments is it can help us the adrenaline rush we get from preparing for something or like, here's another example, like a job interview. Many of us can relate to the feeling of like, I want to make a good impression. How will these people view me? What do I want to say? So we practice. Um, We think about what words we're going to say. Or for the test, we like study very hard. We try to get the information in our heads. We show up in a different way. And actually, our anxiety produces that adrenaline that allows us to show up in a certain way to be more focused and more conscious. We're very aware that this is either high stakes, something new, something we care about. So it's not always like a bad thing. Sometimes you can say, oh, my body's preparing me for something. Um, what I tend to think is like, if you can keep anxiety in in those pockets of like, oh, my anxiety helped me to prepare, to focus, and then let it go once the test is over, the job interview is over. But what we tend to do is, we, I call it stacking. You, you have anxiety from that thing, and then you stack on the next thing, which for example, let's say you're going for a job interview, you get all anxious about it, and you prepare, and you you answer the questions, and you finish. And instead of being like, okay, I did the best I could do, it's what it is, and I'll wait to see what happens, we stack onto that and be like, oh, and we judge ourselves. Did I say that thing right? Was I wearing the right thing? Oh, what a stupid answer I gave. They probably didn't <laughs> like what I said that. And so then we stack for the anxiety getting into judgment. And the problem is when we stack it, then usually the judgment, it's never um, really in a good way. Judgment is always like what's wrong with us instead of what's right with us. And that's why I feel like it can stack from I got prepared for my interview to then everything I did wrong in my interview. Then you could stack that to everything that's wrong in my life and about me and what's wrong with me. How could I can't ever show up? And then you've just created this anxiety mountain that it's hard to be like, whoo come back down. And that's what I tend to see people do. You take what is good about anxiety and instead of letting it go at the moment when it's ready to be released, you stack other things onto it. And that's when I think people could really use the idea of what if we became curious instead of judgmental? What if we could what if we could shift from this stacking of the judgment piece to some curiosity? And and also I guess how that would look would be I'm curious why I, why I want to keep going in my anxiety. What is that feeding right now? I'm curious why I can't seem to let go of this. I'm curious why I need to know the outcome right away. I'm curious if I can be a little more patient with myself. I'm curious if I can just let be, let be what is. Like I did the interview, it's over. Now we'll see. Like so those kind of ways of thinking can really shift. Yeah. That again tends to tone down the anxiety rather than ramp it up and stack it up.
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you about this because, uh, you know, what I'm fascinated by is how many times in our lives things show up. Like, you know, especially when we're doing something for the first time and especially Mm -hmm. if it's physical, right. If it's a physical thing, um, you know, what is your experience with that? Do you find you feel strong in your physical, your physical abilities, or do you start to question yourself? Do you start to feel anxious about it? Well, I
0: think the really interesting thing for a lot of people, because I think you can divide people pretty evenly along, do you feel confident intellectually or physically? Because some people will feel like, yeah, I can go ride that mountain bike. I can take that exercise. I can can figure it out. And other people are like, I don't know how to clip on a bike. And I don't know. I've never done it, so I want to. And other people are like, "Um, can you take this course, give a speech, do something intellectual? Like, to me, it's funny where our lines get drawn. Um, some of us feel very confident doing physically related really things and some feel confident doing intellectual more pursuits and i know for me personally my anxiety really ramps up in the physical realm of things um, more than in the intellectual realm of things and how so I,
1: how so for you
0: i feel like so here's a here's a quick example yeah um so recently my daughter wanted to go rafting in front of hers and, and the parents and everyone wanted to go rafting and the thought of rafting was like, Oh, I think I might like that. That could be okay. I've rafted in the past when I was younger and that was a cool, but somehow now I was like, I don't, I don't, I haven't rafted in a long time. I don't really think I'll enjoy it as much. Like, I don't know. I got started feeling anxious. Can I do it physically um, am I going to be the heaviest one in the raft? Will I fall out? If so, what will happen? And I created this whole story about like what will happen, and then i am be in front of my daughter and her friends, and then will I be embarrassed? And so that kind of anxiety over trying something I haven't done in a while, and that requires a physical element, sent me off into an anxious past, which is funny because if someone said, can you give a speech for a thousand people? I'd be like, Sure. <laughs> And I wouldn't think twice, but most people, they'd be like, ah, so I thought what was funny during this experience, like I noticed myself having to think through the things I would tell people when I help people with public speaking, I kind of talk about anxiety in this way. And in this rafting experience, I had to tell myself because- I was so anxious. I got sweaty palms. I felt sick in my stomach. I was obsessed with like, are we going to, am I going to flip out? Are we going to flip out of this raft? And if so, how I saved myself and my child, like just this narrative. And it was a beginner thing in a very reputable company. And if we fell out intellectually, I knew that I I can swim. I will go to shore. Someone will help me, (laughs) but it didn't help my, feelings and sometimes when we have feelings about things we try to diminish like why do i feel this way i shouldn't feel this way this is the wrong feeling and instead of doing that a lot of times I'll, I'll say to people and myself feelings just are they just exist you shouldn't have to like justify them or deny them like if you have a feeling it's better to say i'm feeling really anxious rather than i shouldn't feel anxious <laughs> but i am like or This is the wrong feeling Um, or just calm yourself down. Like sometimes you have to say, wow, this is a big feeling for me. And how then is this related to this experience so that I can stay in the moment? And a lot of times when we feel anxious, what I think we do is we try to get out of the moment. We try to run away. And sometimes anxiety is telling us, hey, you're stepping out of your comfort zone. Hey, you're doing something new. Hey, you're doing something you haven't done in a long time, and you might not be great at it. It kind of ties in that perfectionist thinking. I better be good at everything I do. What if I'm not? What if I do fall out? What if I'm the one lady that falls out this whole trip? You know, like (laughs) that could be me. And so that idea of being perfect and being a certain way, so it plays into all those things. And it's a great opportunity to also be like, hey, is this serving me right now? Is this... Is, is Is this really where I want to be? And so, for me, physical, that physical act of going on the rafting trip took so much mental energy to stay focused and not let my anxiety run the show, but also to recognize, hey, I'm feeling anxious for a reason. And how can I tie into my anxiety? Because really what I think the, when when you think about anxiety when you start to have it, You can look at a situation and do one of two things, say, is this because I'm trying something new and it's the fear or is it because this is actually dangerous and it's, it's a danger for me and I'm super scared. And for the rafting trip, it was kind of a combo deal, but in real life, I knew I was fairly safe. But a lot of times what we do is we say anxiety comes up and we're like fear, I shouldn't do it versus fear, danger. You can ask yourself those questions and if it's danger, don't do it. Yeah. But if it's fear, sometimes you say, "What? how do I want to feel at the end of this experience? How do I want to, why am I doing it in the first place? Or what opportunities ahead of me that if I face my anxiety, could it shift how I show up? Maybe I'll be proud of myself. Maybe I'll be relieved. Maybe I'll be like, yeah, I tried it. I did it. I'm great. I don't need to do it again. But I'm like, didn't let my fear stop me from having an experience. So all those things kind of tie in to this idea of, Anxiety, and I don't know, like you, you are like a more physical in the ping pong realm and doing things like that. But I wonder, do you have? Are you more comfortable physically or intellectually? Like, what's your comfort zone and what's your anxiety zone?
1: I'm much more. I'm much more comfortable physically because intellectually, I struggle my entire life. um You know, uh, in the in the current term, I'm learning different. So sitting down and taking an SAT or a GRE, that was never going to work for me. Mm. Uh, and so you know, I mean, testing generalized testing right um but i'm much more comfortable in the physical realm only because i've been able to achieve and improve right in the physical realm um there's there's not much around that that gets to me however let's put the icing on the cake i don't know who all watched the wimbledon women's uh championship this weekend but the ultimate winner right lost the first set three, six. Now it's Wimbledon. You're watching yourself play. And that's not just physical. That is multidimensional. So let's talk about this for a minute. There's physical like me going and playing ping pong with Howard. Great. That's like ping pong with Howard. Then there's physical playing ping pong for a gold medal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the question really is we know in our culture right now you know we know a couple of things the statistics tell us um there's a generalized anxiety disorder and that's a generalized one and you know we're talking about 6 7 million people uh in the United States about 3% of the population but what you find interesting about that is they also say that women you know the rate for women is higher and you know I thought about well Tell me more about that. What do I want to know about that? And then I saw the picture on the wall. I don't know how my stepmom dealt with marrying my dad and taking on a whole new family. I mean, here she was. And I thought about this because I thought about on every day how many occurrences will show up, Carrie, that will give us an opportunity to be anxious. Just saying.
0: Yes. I mean, well, you bring up a lot of different points in one example, between like when we show up, I think our days are full of that. And when you, when you think about someone on TV doing a physical activity for sport where they want to win, you know, there's a level of anxiety that we feel when we watch the people. Right. And also a level of putting yourself out there. I mean, some people, saying, like I'm putting myself out there to be judged, essentially to be watched, to be critiqued, and that produces a definite level of anxiety that you have to think, can I live with that? Because the more you put yourself out there, the more judgment there is to be had. So, in that example, I think that's that's a level of anxiety that a lot of people, when we when we're not in the public eye, we don't realize the people that are the stress that they're under. I think for your for your topic about women and anxiety. I think women, because we tend to, I feel like this is, I guess I'm going to make a general statement, but I think for me, I can speak for me as a woman, the idea of I better be beautiful. I better have a job that pays good money. I better take care of my kids. I better be able to cook. I better clean my house. I better have time for my friends and um, good for my husband. I better like figure it all out. And then now on top of it with the onslaught of regulations against our reproductive healthcare and our rights, like it's scary to be a woman today. Like I'm very anxious to look at my daughters and say, Hey, you don't have the same rights that I had. Hey, you might have to decide where you live if you can have reproductive healthcare. I mean, my anxiety is sky high over that. And the idea that women are like, we're supposed to be so many things. I, I always think about the, um, Oh, I think it was Anjali. It's the commercial for I can bring home the bacon, fry it up, <laughs> kitchen, and never let you forget you're a man because I'm a woman. And I'm like, oh my God, is that what it means to be a woman? And I do think we we set ourselves up for that. Like when we see those commercials, and I was a little girl when I saw that. What does that mean? What is, you know, what does it mean to be a woman today? And I think the anxiety that we feel around doing it right being perfect. And I know keeping like ideals of beauty and sexiness and then intellect and then hard work and then success and it's all mixed up and you're supposed to be everything. And and it's hard also in a society that there's no, I haven't heard anyone use this term dad guilt, but I've heard tons of people use the term mom guilt. And now we're supposed to be guilty if we're not the perfect mom. So just add that as a layer. If you happen to be a mother, on top of being a woman, if you're a mom, then just add the layer of mom guilt. So the anxiety, I would say that's pretty generalized it is huge based on gender and roles and, and things like that. So I would add that to the mix for sure.
1: Well, let's talk about one of my favorite things, but for those of you just tuning in, I want to let everybody know you're listening to Get Big Out Loud with Carrie, Carrie Kendrickson, Living the Complex, Funny and Beautiful, Ride of Life. Now, before we talk about one of my love-hate relationship words, how do people find out about you? Tell us what you're up to because you just made a little shift too.
0: Yes. So you can find out about me at knutsonspeaks.com. That's K-N-U-T-S-O-N speaks.com. And I do presentations, coaching. I have a one-woman show that's coming back in the fall, It's going to be exciting. And um, I do a lot of work virtually now because of the pandemic, which has been amazing, a, a shift for sure that caused a great deal of anxiety when it first happened. And um, I also recently left my school therapy job to pursue speaking, consulting, and training full-time so I can do more of this work. And I'm really excited and anxious. <laughs> I think you can hold those two things about, about the changes, but that's how you can find me
1: well i mean i think one of the things here is that um we're gonna talk we're gonna take a short break right now and when we come back we're gonna talk about for me my love hate relationship with a particular word when somebody says this word to me or ask me this question sometimes i just want to crawl in the hole with the groundhog out here when we come back, you're all going to find out what this word does to people. It's a simple word. It has three letters. Sometimes it's a great word to use because we're in search. But what is it about this one word that can put the anxiety, literally the anxiety cherry on the top of your hot fudge Sunday? Let's take a short break. Benny, if we could, everybody, we'll be right back with Carrie Knutsen. Your own innate brilliance already lives inside of you. Come discover it so you can shine brightly in this world. Join me, your host, Adrian Cobb, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern during Wild Magic on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get answers to who you are and where you belong. To learn more about me and the show, visit MyWildMagic.com. Again, that's MyWildMagic.com. Are you having difficulty feeling at home in your own home? Join Annette Rigolo and Dr. Pat in enlightened environments, optimizing from the outside in as they present a deep dive into the various vibrations of the earth along with man-made energies that impact our lives. Using the Diamond Dowsing Method, we will utilize specific vibrations to elevate our own homes to support us and expand us with their energy join us every third wednesday at 10:30 a.m. pacific time to make your home home do you
0: get stuck in that someday attitude, living the same day over and over again with no action? The Becoming You Show, big ideas that inspire, impact, and influence your life with Leah Rowling is for you. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Central on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will have you feeling inspired to take action with purpose and intention. For more information and to get in touch with me, visit www.leahrowling.com. What could you achieve if you knew someone was going to ask about your progress every week? Accountability matters.
1: Small corrections and check-ins with your goals can lead to big results in your business without you feeling overwhelmed. Success Magnified owner, Mary Gall, provides entrepreneurs a system of goal-setting and accountability to create clarity about where you are now, your future direction, and the most effective way to get there. Book your free call at successmagnified.com today. Take control over your future. I'm Lisa Belts, and I'm here to help you realize your true potential and become unshakable. Schedule a completely free introductory coaching session with me now to see for yourself how I work. Get the divine guidance that you need to transform your life for the better. Go to lisabeltz.com and take that step towards transformation. That's L-Y-S-A-B-E-L-T-Z.com. Day-to-day living can be difficult in our world today. Most of us don't know how to live a peaceful, joy-filled existence. Learn how to break through these barriers and live a transformative life on Love and Light with Me, Dr. Lisa, every day living in peace, every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To work with Dr. Lisa, visit EducationThroughEngagement.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. Um, Carrie Knutson joining me here today. Carrie, before we go and talk about that three letter word, that that word that it it which shall not be named <laughs> for the moment. Again, tell people how they can work with you, find out more about you, your coaching, all of the above.
0: Yeah, you can find me at KnutsonSpeaks.com. On, on my webpage, you can find out information about presentations, coaching, my show, hiring me for different things. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. And it's what's been so exciting about doing this show is people that reach out to be like, hey, can you do this? Or hey, I'm interested in this topic. Um, So what I love about, in addition to speaking about emotional intelligence, I speak about so many other topics, some that I touch on a lot in the show. And so I appreciate the reach um, that it has. So people reach out if you want something custom or you want some kind of coaching, I'm always open to talking about that.
1: But isn't emotional intelligence directly tied in to our topic today on anxiety, right?
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Oh so you know what that three letter word in? It's why. And I think why is one of the most fascinating words, not just because of a word, but because of what it has come to mean and not mean, you know, there's why out of curiosity, right? Why? Why is the ice melting? in the in in the north caps, I mean, those are things where you get under you want to discover it. But then there's why Right. There's the question of why that we use on ourselves and we get stuck in the ruminating of the why. I have a friend right now who's so stuck in the why. She is so stuck in her why that she cannot get to her what or how.
0: Yes. And I love that you bring up the three letter word of why, because why is a double edged sword? For for things because sometimes like you say it can why can be a curious statement and lead us into that direction, but the other side of why is a sticking point that a lot of times people don't realize they're comfortable in the why, because it keeps them from the how, or the what they're going to do or the action they're going to take. Sticking in the why it's it's an uncomfortable comfortable moment where like if I can just figure out why then magically everything will change, and sometimes you should get out of the why you should. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Also, I'd say, why is a form of judgment? Why do I this feel, way, feel this way and you don't? Why are you good at this and I'm not? Why can't I, um, why am I anxious over this thing and you seem to be just fine? Why? And then, then when we do that, again, the, the heaviness of judgment sets in, but also procrastination because sometimes it takes a while to sort it out and sometimes there's no answer. And it, or no productive answer. Sometimes I'll say to people, if you knew why, would it change? If you, if you knew why, would it make you take action? If you knew why, would, it, would would any outcome be different? And sometimes, like especially when we're anxious, and I'll just say I use this a lot with people that I help with public speaking. A lot of people don't get anxious over public speaking because it's an anxiety producing event. Most people like don't like to speak in public. Most people don't like to get up in front of people. Most people fear like the the judgments or the look or they get clammy or what am I going to say? And their body, uh, and their mind don't they're they're not like walking into that like yeah this is a normal thing that I just would love to do. That's why a lot of people need help with it. But when I work with people, I don't try to stay in the why why does this make you uncomfortable? Cause you're human. Cause we're complex because for this, this isn't your comfort zone, but why can you go? Like I worked with someone who was a computer programmer of some sort of coder. I didn't even understand what they did. And I was like, but what <laughs> if I said, why can you do that? And I don't even understand it. <laughs> and they, they had to give a toast and they just wanted to give a, a toast to this event and make it good. And then I'm like, what if we wasted all our time? of like, why are you scared to give a toast? And why can't I code? Who cares? like it's it's the complexity of our human experience why was I scared here's just to go back to the rafting thing real quick yeah on the rafting trip there were so many different experiences to that trip there was someone who was totally excited there was someone who was so energized by it and funny as you can see on the picture like there's a picture of like at some point that they took I'm like this I'm clenched up, I'm holding the paddle, I'm super nervous, my daughter's like looking at a friend chatting, the other friend's like chatting away, and then the other mom's is like super like, look at me, I'm rafting. And I look at that picture, as a perfect example of like all of us living this very human experience in our complex, beautiful ways. Some people will enjoy something. Some people will hate it. Some people will think it's life-affirming. Some people will be like, I never want to do that again. And the rafting trip, I think, was such a good example for me of that was a purely physical endeavor that created a lot of stuff in my mind. And and if I would have wasted so much time, like, why? Why can't I get over this? Why don't I just? And then also another thing around why is we try to rationalize it. Um, And we say things that try to rationalize, like, Um, you shouldn't be scared, you're a good swimmer, you're okay, this is safe, whatever, but then inside you're like, why am I still scared then? So again, I think you have to use your mind to say, hey, this situation makes me anxious. I'm not exactly sure why, Uh, or maybe here's kind of why I think why, but I'm not going to stick in the why, because what's at the end of this experience that that I could hope for? And also, how can I keep from judging myself? And I'll say this too, it's interesting that a lot of times when people work with um like people are afraid a lot of people are afraid to go to the dentist like they have anxiety around dentists and oh my
1: dad oh oh i mean i watch my dad like go through years of pain and i'm like dad go to the dentist you could not get him in the dentist chair yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's not to really judge that that was real for him. And I think that's part of what we do, too, especially when we are asking somebody there, why, yes. like, why aren't you doing that? I mean, we think because it's easy for us. And we don't learn to empathize.
0: Yes, that that's motorcycle. exactly where I'm going. That's Go, exactly go,
1: where go that get happens. them. Go get them. Because, look, <laughs> because
0: that's, that's I can get true.
1: on a motorcycle. Benny and I in the day, not now, but I could get on a motorcycle and put on those leather pants and get on that motorcycle and put on that knee pad and drive around a track in a circle like a lot of times and be in the happiest moment of my life. And the people that watch they are there biting their fingernails or drinking tequila because they're so anxious just to watch. Right. But go ahead.
0: Yeah. You know, but that's the whole thing. Look anxious. at all these experiences you're saying like motorcycle riding, the dentist, crafting, <laughs> like, all those things. If you stay in the why, and then you would get judgy either with ourselves or let's say something's easy for us. And we're like, why can't you just do it? It's easy for me. You, you, you touched on exactly where I'm going. We have to use our emotional intelligence to cultivate empathy for ourselves, when we're in the anxiety situation, the situations that provoke anxiety, and also for others, just because you can go to the dentist and not have a problem, doesn't mean everyone else can. So when you dismiss people like, why, you're just sitting in a chair, it's not our rational minds that are in charge at this moment. If it were, then we could just say, like, here's what to do. <laughs> but when the feeling comes is when I think we need the most empathy to be like, wow, these feelings are coming up for me how do I want to manage them? Because we want to manage them in the moment. And then we want to look towards the outcome that we want. So is the outcome that we want, uh, for the dentist, like I need to figure out a way to manage my feelings and my anxiety in this moment, rather than get stuck in the why? like, how do I need to manage this appointment so I can get through it so that I can like have healthy teeth and, um, not have cavities. Or when you think about, To me, like if you want to give a speech and you're scared, like managing whatever comes up for you, because it looks very different to be like, why are you giving the speech? What's the point of putting yourself out there? What do you hope to be at the end of this? right? And when you think about going rafting, and I thought like, who do I want to be at the end of? Do I want to spend time with my daughter in this way? Do I want to try something? Do I want to let my anxiety win or do I want to try? Like, who do I want to be at the end of this? Might I be proud of myself? But the idea of managing our anxiety is so important because it looks different for all of us. And if you get stuck in the why, or I shouldn't, or nobody else feels this way, you really limit your options. Because when you have some empathy for yourself to be like, I'm not sure why this is making me anxious, but it is. Here's the feelings that are coming up for me. Here's my physical emotions that are coming up for me. Um, If you can, rationalize some things like like I did in the anything thing I most likely say people are gonna help me if I fall. That's helpful. But also for me the idea is can you stay in the moment of why you're there in the first place, not the why of your anxiety. Why did you why did you want to do this in the first place or why is this important to you? Like when you take a test, usually you want to have the outcome of passing the test the class or it's part of the expectation. And when you do a job interview you would like to get a job and it's part of the game we play to get there so you're thinking i want to do well on this so i can have the outcome that i want which is the new job and so i feel like the empathy you can have first for yourself when you're feeling anxious not getting stuck in why but being like i'm feeling these things this is real for me how do i want to manage it and this one, well, what tools do i have to manage it and then how also can I then take action and not let the anxiety, the kind of idea that I talk about, just because you're feeling anxious doesn't mean it's wrong. Same as like, is it dangerous? Don't do it. Is it anxiety producing? Maybe explore it. And that's the complexity of our human experience. Because if we put 10 people in a room and listed a bunch of things that make people anxious, we'd get 10 different answers. And you'd be like, why are you, this is easy for me. How come you can't? And then the judgment game goes on and Crazy. so i don't think it's worthwhile to stay in well,
1: that library. it's not but don't you find too especially in the work you do when you're helping people you know first of all we have to witness people right so one of the worst things that somebody could say especially like you're talking to friend or family right is oh you don't feel like that it's just it's easy don't feel like that uh,
0: you know don't right Oh, yeah. you don't feel that way or calm down. That's not how you feel. You're overreacting. This isn't like yeah. denying other people, denying how we exactly. feel. Like it's yeah, very minim it minimized. If you
1: grow way. up with the whole life of that. You need to get some help. See, this is part of what the work that you do with people, because you help people through this. This is not anxiety is not the kind of thing. And this is me talking now. It is not the kind of thing that w- that you just think you're going to put a- away. It doesn't go away. And so, but you have to get with a person that can help you with that. And your experience in emotional intelligence and coaching platform, you're able to help people get through that because it is the key for me between the things in my life that I never thought I would be able to do and was able to do, right? Linda's dad was one of my greatest mentors when it came to doing things physically. This is a man that chainsaw in the garage, great with wood, would build things. I'm a kid from the Bronx. And he says to me, I want you to cut this 12-foot, quarter-inch round molding. I need to take off a 16th of an inch. What? What? Like, can I take the 12 feet and chunk it down into, like, can I cut it? And I watched him coach me and mentor me, you know, putting the this 12 foot piece of wood on a cha- a table saw and moving it up with an ice pick and all the time I'm doing it what do you think he's saying to me do you do you think he's saying now don't screw that up pat you know oh my god look you're getting right no he's like just go nice and slow that's the difference between getting help to help yourself isn't it
0: Yes, and I think the point of getting help to help yourself, whatever way that looks, getting help to help yourself might be the way you start to think about your anxiety. The next level might be getting connected to people that can support you through it instead of questioning you, like help give you strategies or help support you or help make you feel like you can do it. Another way is to go get professional help for your anxiety and say like, Hey, I feel like I need more help than my friend, I or my friends and family can give. Cause I need to talk about this in a more clinical way and having the grace to do that because sometimes we can handle things just fine on our own. And sometimes we need help. And, and, and I love the idea of the kind of help you get, like, is it supportive? Is it loving? Is it encouraging? Is, is it, is it about you having an experience versus having you do it perfectly And that's the kind of thing when I think, when I think about anxiety and what helps calm people down, usually it's some kind of plan to, to say like, I'm going to try this and then I have support. So like, if you're, for example, if you're anxious about going to the dentist and you have some kind of plan with like, oh, my anxiety is coming up for my dental appointment. What's my plan of of the, I think the idea of like, what matters to you and what you can control is the thing you should focus on there's a lot of things that are out of your control but a lot of times if we have a plan to say like these feelings are coming up with me so when I feel queasy in my stomach do I do I do a deep breathing exercise when I have I does my dentist know my fears and are they going to take some extra time to go slow with me right do I wear headphones so I don't have to hear as much do I have a friend go with me and someone holds my hand do I do I what do I do to tangibly help me and that's like you know that's thing in like the dentist but my realm of experience is people who are scared to speak and a lot of times if we have a plan for their speech there's an element of the anxiety that comes up but that you can also say I'm going to focus on what I can control and what I can control right now is staying in the moment using my breath knowing my content realizing I've practiced, knowing I don't have to be perfect and having someone there to support me or who knows the journey. A lot of the time, what you're talking about is so beautiful because someone who's beside you being like, you can do it. Let's try this. Or I can help you. Or it's okay. Or I understand this is hard or it's new. Like that voice either in your own head or by someone loving beside you that says it's okay, helps us step into who we want to be. Yeah. Helps us step into it. Because a lot of the things that you said, a lot of things that cause you anxiety have propelled you to new places, right? And a lot of times in our in our lives, the anxiety comes from I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I'm the right person. I don't know how. And and we stay in that place rather than think like, I'm going to take action towards my goals. I'm going to I'm going to manage my anxiety so I can take action. I'm going to enlist people who can support me in loving ways because I can't do it by myself. Yeah. Okay. That to me is all forward moving. Whereas if they stay in like, I'm anxious, so I'm not going to do it, or I'm going to avoid this thing because it makes me anxious, or I'm never going to try. And then you spend your life being like, I wish I would have given that speech. I wish I would have gone on that rafting trip. I would have I would have said yes to this opportunity. So that's the kind of where where it lays, like or lies, yeah. I guess, where it lies. Well, it but changes. don't you feel
1: that people need to get help when they're in a stuck place? I mean, it's never really been it. I'm, for me in my life, have I been able to really bulldozer my way through some stuff, you bet, because it was a survival thing. And I didn't have coaches. But today, no, I work with five different coaches, because I know me. And I know what will cause me to procrastinate. I also know what will cause me to overthink. I also know that it, without a strong spiritual foundation, I'm doomed. I mean, I know that, but it's taken a lot of years for me to get there. And that's what I want to ask you. Sometimes we cannot figure out this situation ourselves. Sometimes when you're in that boat, say, I need to call somebody. I had to call Carrie. I got you, you have to get to the point where you feel so good about yourself or good enough about yourself that you're worth it, that you get some help. Because sometimes we cannot bulldoze our way through a solid steel, lead, 10-foot wall.
0: Yes, especially of anxiety. And that's so beautiful because there's my philosophy. There's a lot of things we can get through on our own. There's tons, but a lot of times also there's things that we can't without the help of others. And when you can say to yourself, hey, I could use some help with this. Hey, I'm not figuring this out on my own the way I want to. Hey, someone else might know better. Someone else may be able to help me. That is a beautiful moment of saying we need each other. And it's not a judgment that we can't be everything. We can't bring home the bacon fried up in a pan. Like I'm supposed to be all things to all people all the time. Sometimes we do need to say, I'm not sure how to handle this. Do you have an idea? Or, Hey, you seem to work in this way. Can you help me? And having coaches or going to a therapist, I think is the most radical, beautiful act of self-care that you can do to say like, I'm ready to to step into new parts of my life and I might need some help to get there and finding someone who can do that in, in a way that works with you is so great. That's why I think like that's to me, the magic of a coaching situation or when someone to me, especially with helping people give speeches that when they call after they gave their speech and they're like flying, right. Cause they did the thing and you see like, wow, you just, you just busted through that still door of your anxiety to achieve something that you probably couldn't have done on your own, but with some support and love and kindness and empathy and strategy, you can do it. And yeah. all, and that's the thing. All of us need different things at different times. That's why we're so complex. We don't operate in the same ways. We're not scared of the same things. We have different skill sets and the world needs that. So when we can even recognize, hey, everybody's here for a different reason and different skill sets. We're not supposed to be the same. Again, that, if we can leave that judgment by the door and say, hey, I'm going to leave that judgment here. I'm going to look at my anxiety and kind of reality test it against danger. And then I'm going to see, can I get through this myself? Do I need support? And, and, and if so, how? Because what's on the other side? What's on the other side of that for me? If I don't ignore this or let it completely debilitate me or stop me, what's on the other side of that that could really move your life forward in a powerful and important way?
1: You know, and I think this really leads to a couple of points I think you want to help people with today and they you know we've said them over and over again and and i was one of the skeptics you know on a couple of these things that that we're about to talk about one are how do we think how can we use our breath you know these simple things how do we focus on the moment we're in you know it's fascinating because you're at the the most prestigious tennis game in the world, Wimbledon, some people call it, and you just got yourself crushed by the underdog, so to speak. And you're thinking, what? Am I going to make adjustments? Am I going to change? What am I going to do? But see, that's just one example. Every day in our lives, we are faced with situations. Right now, people are faced with situations in their workplaces, with their bosses, with their coworkers with facing COVID, with having to go into work, really not being able to go. I mean, there are so many things. So what are some of the things that we can leave with people, some of the tips we can leave people here in the last couple of minutes? And then the other thing is I want to I just say to people right now, don't downplay your anxiety. Pick up the phone and call Carrie. Just acknowledge that this is where you are and get some help, right? But what are some of the things you can help people with now?
0: Yes. Well, and I think too, call a therapist, Do call somebody who can help you. call me if I can be of help. But yeah, definitely don't think that you have to live with it. Because again, I feel like that's part of like, I should be able to do everything on my own. And just, this is part of our society today that we live with this anxiety. No, we don't. We don't have to. It's limiting. A lot of us, it's limiting our ability to really not only experience life but to share our gifts and do the things we're supposed to do. So I just want to second what you're saying is like, this is not something we should have to live with. This is something we should figure out how to manage our day to day. And if we have an extreme level of anxiety, that's keeping us from doing the things we want to do, there's plenty of help available. I think the idea of like, I should go get it. If I need some support, I should get it. So my ideas only you the few ideas that I wrote down that, that I think are helpful when dealing with day to day anxiety when it kind of pops up, these are the things that I use that I think are helpful. One of the big things is staying in the moment and not letting your mind race past, like, what's going to happen? How's it going to work? What will happen? Like all the unknowns. If you can stay in the moment, like right now, I'm doing this thing, <laughs> whatever it is, I'm staying in this moment. And part of that, I find that grounds people, ground to ground yourself is taking a full breath, So you, cause a lot of times we start to shallow breathe when we get anxious and stopping to be like, I'm going to take a full breath. I'm going to let that re-energize my body. And I'm going to refuse to let my mind race off. I'm going to stay in the moment. Even if that moment is scary, I'm going to stay in the moment that I'm in rather than racing towards the future of what might happen. So staying in the moment. And then I think also the idea of like, don't letting yourself off the hook because a lot of times when we get scared, then we say, I'm going to give up. I'm not going to try because I'm scared. And if you think about the idea of letting yourself off the hook, how many times have you been like, oh, I won't do this because I'm scared. I won't do this because it's not the right time or I can't or whatever. And what we don't, remember in those moments is well, how do I want to feel when I'm done? Like, why is this opportunity even here for me? Is this anxiety an invitation yeah. to step in? And if I constantly let myself off the hook from trying, or is it like the, my idea, but it has to be perfect or I won't do it. And I think for myself, I had never done a virtual presentation before the pandemic. And I was so upset about having to try and do it and it made me so anxious and all this stuff. And now I've worked through the anxiety to such an extent. I'm like, when someone calls, I'm like, hey, do you want to pre-record virtual? <laughs> I say it like it's nothing, like whatever. And I think about, wow, what if I had stayed <laughs> and you like, I'm not doing any virtual. I'm never going to do virtual. Oh. Like where would that have left me, right? So the idea of like, you got to ask yourself, should I, don't let myself off the hook. Like that's part of your, your self-thought that can, I think is, why did I sign up for this in the first place? Will I feel proud when I'm done? What's the outcome? What am I going towards? And then also remembering your purpose. So sometimes when things bring up anxiety, we forget the purpose in the first place, not just to create anxiety, like to have teeth that function, to, um, to do the thing we said we wanted to do, to pass the test so we can get our degree, to get the job we were hoping for. Whatever the thing is, what's the purpose? It's not just random. Like usually there's a greater purpose. And sometimes in our anxiety, we forget that. So I'd say remembering your purpose, why am I here in the first place, is really vital to doing that. And then also finding something to ground you, to keep you there. So I'm remembering the bigger picture, but I'm grounding myself in this moment. And you may have to, sometimes people pick a word or a phrase, or they may like touch, like sometimes when people are giving a speech to ground themselves, I say, just touch your thigh as you're speaking and tap it. Yes. Yes. To be to remind be here like and sometimes you need a physical reminder that you're here. So a lot of times the speaking clients I'll be like tap your leg once or um, do a certain movement and a shift to and make it um, very predictable or something like I'm act I'm I'm actively thinking about doing this and so sometimes that grounds you in the moment. For me on the rafting trip it was like I'm this paddle and me I'm gonna listen and paddle <laughs> listen. The, the paddle is grounding me to this, this activity, right? So sometimes you have to do things and you may be like, oh, that's silly. Like, but it works. Staying in the moment that you're in, because a lot of times we escape, we try to escape with our thoughts and the thoughts usually make us more anxious than what is actually happening. Because how many times have you felt like, what's, you've worried about something in the future and it doesn't, it's not half as bad as you predicted it would be, but you spend oh, yeah. a lot of time worrying about it.
1: Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and what we're talking about is, I mean, we've heard the expression and actually this expression has actually happened to me. You know, if you fall off the horse, get back up on it. And I used to love horseback riding as a kid. And I was very fortunate in living in New York to be able to go to Van Cortlandt Park. But I remember moving to Jersey and going out on a trail, hadn't ridden in a while and thought, you know, take myself and I got thrown. And, you know, you have that moment where what just happened yeah and you know i was i was trained if if you can get yourself under control and calm down and not be a fear you will get back on the horse but if you can't do that that is an expression or an energy horses love they can pick up the scent of fear and when that happened to me i was in the middle of nowhere And I'm like, okay, I'm either gonna calm myself down and get back on his horse, or we're gonna have to walk, like, I don't know, like up and down the hill. And I'm like, but that's an example. I mean, getting to that place where it's almost like, yeah, my butt hurt. I'm gonna get back up on the horse.
0: Oh, and most people even use that term, get back on the horse, because that's one of the scariest things we can imagine, right? getting thrown and getting back on, that is the part, then that's a beautiful piece of courage. And that's the last piece I wanna tie into this. I feel like there's a piece of anxiety that exists over here and then there's also courage over here. And when you can see that those two can play together and be like, I can be anxious and have courage. I can be anxious and feel overwhelmed about something and I can use my courage to show up and my empathy to support it. And those things can play together. And it's beautiful. Like, I love that you use that phrase, get back on the horse. Cause a lot of times when we don't, that's when regret starts, or that's also when the story of, I just can't do this. Why? And we, I call it, you know, playing to your weaknesses. And then there's a big old excuse. I got thrown once and it didn't work or in your life. Yeah. Um, I got up and gave a speech once and it wasn't great. So I'm not going to do it again. Um, I had a bad experience with the dentist, so I'm never going again. I had this um, I, I have a test anxiety. So then because I have test anxiety, I don't have to try like we we get our we kind of give that's something I like letting ourselves off the hook, like, okay, now I don't have to try. And that piece of I love that, like taking action, getting back yeah. on is that's a beautiful thing to say, because that's right. But helps us. Yeah, yeah.
1: And you know, this is all tied into your work, Carrie, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for bringing a topic to the forefront that is on everybody's mind. Thank you so much.
0: Yes, thanks for having me. And thanks everyone for listening. And and I hope too, that if you take anything away from today, it's the idea of all of us are super complex and why we feel anxious, but we don't have to live with ongoing anxiety. You have been listening to Get Big Out Loud Radio, where we explore the complex, funny, and beautiful ride of life with me, Carrie Knutson, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will help you to know which thoughts are keeping you small in order for you to get big. Get big and live your life out loud. For more information, visit KnutsonSpeaks.com.